Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guests, owners of Omega Strong Gym in Phoenix, Arizona, David Torres, Maria Gonzalez. How are you doing today, guys? Doing pretty good. How about you? Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Doing fantastic. Excited to have you on. Let's jump right into it. Tell us what Omega Strong Gym is all about. Well, Omega Strong Gym is all about uh, the strength and powerlifting world. Uh, we, we definitely cater to the strength athlete. And uh, not just that, but we also establish a community, a community where everybody can come in and feel comfortable and get their training in. Um, we offer, you know, high world-class equipment uh, for, you know, for competition. You're going to have what the, the, so what the athletes are looking for and what they're using competition or facility. So we want them to train just like they're going to compete. So that, you know, that's what we're all about. And about also building friendships, relationships with everybody out there. And also helping the community out as well. Awesome. So, give me a little bit of background. Um, you just had your fifth fifth anniversary, so congratulations on that. How did we get here? What What were you guys doing beforehand? What led to you know the world of uh, of you know bodybuilding turning to powerlifting, strength training turning into opening uh, Omega Strong five years ago? Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good question. We have to go way, way back. So uh, when I was uh, in high school, you know, one of my dreams was to open a gym. I don't know how. So we actually, I, 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 we used to do bodybuilding. Maria and myself, I got her into the powerlifting or just strength training or bodybuilding stuff. And, you know, as we kept going on and on, you know, it's something that we, we fell in love with. Um, I study exercise science. Uh, it's something that I wanted to, you know, uh, master the craft and Eventually, I thought of either becoming a trainer or something like that. In the back of my head, I still wanted to have a gym. Um, so how we got here was basically one time, at one point, we just, you know, I, I just sat down and told Maria, we got to make this happen. Uh, breaking point was when we were working out at, at uh, LA Fitness, and I almost got kicked out for deadlifting. And that's when I was just like, oh. I'm tired of these commercial gyms. I'm, I'm tired of it. So uh, we, I actually, I was working a, a side job on the side. I was still going to school. So it was a very big, big decision of, okay, you know, giving up school and then work a full-time job and make that income so we can have the startup money. And I pretty much did that. I took a leap of faith. I started doing it. Maria was still going to school and still working. Um, so eventually once I told Maria, let's go, let's do it. Let's start looking into it. And and, you know, I was still a younger guy. I was, I was in my 20s, 21. So when we wanted to open up the facility, it was really hard because I got rejected since I didn't have any history of, you know, commercial uh, lending or, you know, any nobody would rent me a space because I didn't have any credit, big credit history. So I was like a liability. So we got turned out several times before we opened Omega. It was crazy. We five to six times, man. And I was almost about to give up. I'm like, this is not going to happen. <laughs> This sucks, <laughs> you know? So eventually we found one of the guys, uh, one of the landlords had bought a property like very close to our house. So, you know, he 
he bought it literally a week later we contacted him hey can we check out this space and he was new to the area so he just wanted to make a deal and he's like yeah here you go let's make a deal i don't care you know just tell me what you want <laughs> and yeah i mean he let us start omega in a 900 square feet warehouse and it was pretty small it's not what we wanted the area was pretty shady but you know we're like you know what let's make it happen let's start we're gonna start with something so that's how we did it um i mean it was a pretty pretty long journey but it was pretty rough, but you know we made it happen, and uh, that's how it started. And then from there, we just the rest is history, man. You know. Yeah, we just kept growing and growing, and yeah. now we're at this thirty-two hundred square foot gym, five years now, and really just planning. And we're very hopeful for the future because we have a lot of projects, we have a lot of plans, and we keep what we specifically love doing is also introducing powerlifting to people around the area people that maybe we know have been around us uh people that still know us from the commercial gym la fitness that we used to go to um they're kind of the comments that we get that they're, they're just scared they're kind of intimidated by our environment so that is another thing that we i think we we have done pretty well and we keep going and that is what we're known for as well Okay, great. So you guys, one thing I don't want to gloss over here is you started in 900 square feet, you're in 3200 square feet. Now, have there been any, you know, multiple moves in between? Have you kept growing in the same space? Um, what does that progression look like for you from where you started to where you are now? So, so we, 900, we, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, we started on the 900 square feet. We actually stayed in that warehouse for, you know, pretty much a whole year lease. Um, during that time from when we started the gym, it was actually pretty rough, man. You know, the first six months were the roughest because we didn't have a lot of business in. Uh, when we had our grand opening, we only had a couple of friends showing up, nothing crazy. And honestly, we only had like one person that we didn't know on our second day when we, you know, of the opening, which was April 24th, that's when we fired, like, we had a person that we didn't know, and she joined the gym. She was our first member. Her name is Gretchen. And, and she's, she's still, still with us. <laughs> yeah, she's still with us to this day, which is super awesome, you know. Uh, but it, it happened over a period of time. We just didn't grow immediately to the 3,200 square feet warehouse. It was a 900 square feet after the year. Um, you know, we had a couple other guys, and through the power of Instagram, that's how we actually build our business. Uh, since during that time frame, Instagram was starting to become a little more popular. So a couple of guys checked us out and we had one guy join and he brought his friend and eventually that guy brought, you know, a couple of two other friends and they love that type of environment. Um, and eventually we at least had at least solid five to six members, which wasn't a lot, but it was something, you know, and it was pretty tough. I mean, we almost, it was depressing during those time frames because we were not making any money. We still, we still had to pay the bills, you know, we still have to, I mean, even the pay the equipment that we finance. So, um, you know, we, we, we had to put in the work and eventually we, Maria and I were like, man, I don't know what's stopping us, even though we don't have a lot of people. I think right now what's stopping us is our size because, you know, the gym was pretty small, 100 square feet. Once you start an equipment, it just becomes even smaller. <laughs> it's like a little room. So we, eventually Maria and I talked and I just told her, let's just, they take a leap of faith. And there was actually another warehouse on the side where one of the tenants was about to leave. And it was a thousand pounds square feet. And we talked to our landlord and we told him, hey man, we know we need a little more space. Can you please give us that warehouse? So we actually moved into that warehouse. We left the 900 square feet one 
and we moved into that the other one and pretty much what that's when things kind of started to become a little better our gym started growing more um a thousand hundred square feet is a pretty decent size of a gym and that's how things started taking off there we started getting more members a lot of people from you know on instagram started posting us and we stayed there for um a year another year and after that year that that was another talk that maria and i had should we get a bigger space you know and it was scary because we were not making i mean at the time we were not making that much income justin i mean we were still making good income to pay the bills and everything Jim was, the gym was paying itself but obviously space you know people need the space because at one point we did get super packed in our thousand founder square foot like warehouse gym so um then we had the talk and then we're, we're like you know let's do it <laughs> so we moved into the 3,200 square feet that one was actually a little harder to get it was a, a bigger in a better place that was not as shady as the other one <laughs> and yeah I mean it was it was so much better and when we made it happen it was it was awesome but just because we moved into the bigger space we didn't automatically get more members we stayed with the same members and slowly slowly it kind of started growing uh, to what it is today okay so a couple couple leaps of faith in there uh, one of the things that you talked about that's been instrumental in your growth has been using Instagram, leveraging social media. So have you, have you getting, gotten into that just by making posts, tagging people? Like how deep into the world of Instagram have you gone to generate these leads, generate the interest of people in the gym? Is it just we make good posts, people like it and they come in or have you gotten, you know, very deep into follow up and tagging and, um, you know, commenting, sending DMs, all that stuff? Like how far into it have you gone? Uh, so we really did, we explored the, the functions yeah. of Instagram when it started to uh, pop out more and become more known. Um, so we started looking at the story. So tagging, for instance, the location, right? That's how we first started. So we first started by tagging Phoenix, Arizona. And then we noticed that if we tagged, uh, let's say uh, we made a quick video of our gym, some of our members working out, and then we would say Tempe, Arizona or Mesa, Arizona, people from that area actually would look at our stories so that's actually a cool, really cool feature that really helped us because we do have people that live all around the valley and that come to our gym so that I would say has been one of the biggest ones I think now Instagram isn't really doing that or I'm not sure what that function looks like now but for sure when we started that was one of the biggest ones as well as Honestly, just like liking people's posts that we know work out at other gyms, that kind of got us noticed as well. Uh, word of mouth, people sending our profile to their friends and then them checking us out, they would immediately go to our stories. That's one of the things that a lot of people tell us is they love the fact that everything that they see on our stories is the same when they come into the gym. So it's not really like we're putting up like a filter of, oh, this is how, you know, we think it is, but no, it, it really is as transparent as, as that is. But I would say, I would have to say the stories. Um, do you have anything, David, that you think? 
Well, also Maria would follow a lot of people through Omega, so then they would follow back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or she would, or she would just like their pictures and stuff, and then they would notice, oh, you know, who's Omega, and they would come in and and check us out. So that's how it kind of happened. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, Instagram it, it was a powerful tool uh, back then. So we still use it. I mean, still, you know, you can still see all our stories and stuff, but. Um, I think when we started the gym, it was since it was Instagram was still fairly new. We had more success. Um, now you have all the platforms like TikTok and everything else that are kind of more popular now than Instagram. So. Right, and that was what I was going to ask. Have you guys started working on other platforms? Are you getting into TikTok? Are you are you at least exploring the features of of any other ways to generate interest to spread? Um, you know, the, the stories and the impact, what's going on at the gym and, and keep new blood coming in? Yeah, we we are, um, TikTok, we haven't got to TikTok yet. That's something that Maria and I have been discussing. It is, it, it does get tough managing a lot of social media, even just for the both of us, because we still have a lot of other stuff to do. But uh, we did get into LinkedIn. It's a little more professional network, but, you know, our postings are a little different there um facebook i mean we use facebook but we don't have a lot of success on facebook it's mostly instagram but we're definitely going to support tiktok since a lot of our members actually have tiktok as well so they help us a lot with exposure perfect perfect and on the the social media side of things at any point have you experimented learned dipped your toes in uh, the water of the paid side of of using those platforms for actual um you know paid marketing? Yeah, I mean, uh, we have, um, I know Maria was, uh, Maria, didn't you sponsor a couple of posts here and there? Yeah, so when we have events, we have yeah. paid, um, we have created paid promotions for on Instagram mostly. Uh, but as far as like, I guess as like us creating content and getting paid for that, We've talked about it, it we, but then we realize it's really a lot of, it's a big commitment. And, you know, because we do have, you know, our side jobs or our full-time jobs and other things, um, we're still kind of contemplating the idea of doing it because it is a full-time job as well. Constantly posting stuff and making sure, you know, what the people want, what the people like. Um, so it is something that we're still talking about and discussing. Okay, so where where are you right now as far as space in your gym for new members, your you know attempts or desire to grow in the space you have now? Do you still have capacity that you are working on filling? Are you getting towards another one of these points where you're you're running out of space? What does it look like for you right now from that side of things? We are running into the, um, honestly, slowly running into the issue where space is going to be needed now, uh, especially during peak hours. I mean, we have probably roughly 15 or even 20 people at one point, and it does get pretty tough, you know, to have all those people in the gym, especially the because we have so much equipment. So, uh, yeah, we're getting to that point. Uh, and oftentimes, I mean, a couple of members, you know, come in or leave. So we have, it kind of evens out as well. Um, but for now, it's kind of staying where we may definitely need more space later down the line. And we've actually restructured our gym in order to provide more space already, uh, which it worked pretty well. But 
you know, we keep getting new people, they keep coming in. So there's always that talk that we need the bigger space. I just want to add that um, when David mentioned restructuring the gym we have, uh, we've actually created platforms. So we have five platforms to where the power lifter, the, the athlete can actually do, they can squat, bench, and deadlift all in the same space. I without eight actually. It's eight platforms with a complex. Oh, right, with the complex. So that's something that I think has helped us too and will continue to help us so people don't have to move around all the time. Because besides the compacts and those platforms, we also have uh, cage power racks uh, where people, you know, maybe they're, they're not really into powerlifting just yet, but they just want to squat or bench. Got it. So as you continue to grow, and you've been, you've been down this road a couple of times already, you grow, you start getting tight on space, you start looking at more space, Obviously, that's more financial commitment, more overhead, bigger rent. Um, the two of you right now, as we've touched on a, a little bit, both have full-time jobs outside of running this gym. So is there any point at which um, it makes sense or the other jobs could get in the way of growing the gym and you know, one of you or the other you know, goes full-time in the gym or is this likely to always be a uh you know um an additional job um i can't call it a side hustle because clearly you're passionate about it like what are the what are the goals and plans there do you have other careers that you love and wouldn't want to give up to be full-time in the gym how does how does that play out as you continue to grow over the years so um for me uh i eventually definitely that's my plan i want to be full-time at the gym uh, like I, I mentioned earlier, I study exercise science, so I love the strength and strength training and coaching. I love to do one-on-one um, -on -one with people or even do like strength training classes. Um, and eventually that's what I want to do. Uh, once Omega is at a size where I know I will have to be there full time because eventually, right now our gym is private, but eventually we would like to be a, a little more open to the public uh, where we can be there and people can come in anytime and, you know, check it out and join. So that way we can get more business. But yeah, it's going to be, that's my long-term goal. Uh, for now, I'm going to keep working in my other job just because in order to finance all the equipment and everything else, I mean, it's kind of, I'm using my job as an investor. So that's how, that's how, that's one of the reasons why we have been also very successful as well, because I know, I know a couple of people that have quit their jobs and gone full time and often fail because, you know, bills pile up. I mean, you, if you finance equipment, you still have to pay it. And sometimes the memberships that come in or the personal training does, it's pretty slow. So for me right now, just I'm going to stay how we are right now. Um, Maria does have, has other aspirations as well, going to school, becoming a, a physician. So, uh, I mean, I don't know what's going to be her plans later down the line. I can touch on that. <laughs> uh, but yes, I do... One of my other biggest passions is becoming a physician assistant, but I really do tie that into um, helping patients eventually use lifting as a like as, as a prescription, so to speak, so they can move, move their body. So I really enjoy that and I've learned a lot about that. And that's actually another reason why I wanted to continue powerlifting is because I 
when we were starting the gym, I found out that my grandma and my mom, they were diagnosed with a form of osteoporosis. So then at that time, I was learning a lot about that. So I wanted to use it as a preventative measure to make sure that I, if I should get it, because I know it's genetic, at least prolong it as much as I can, and then help others around me as well. So that's, it's definitely something, one of my long-term goals is, yes, become a physician assistant, but also tie that into the gym so that I can help patients as well and have them learn about lifting and all of the benefits that it offers. Got it. So a couple of different phases of service to the community of, um, you know, making an impact on the, on the local area in, in different ways. So um, one of the big topics that I think isn't, isn't necessarily the most tactical across the board business thing, but really plays into um, why this gym makes sense for you and, and factors into why you do it. Do you hustle? You do these extra hours uh, working full-time jobs and, and putting all the time in here is uh, you both sought out to kind of change the system a little bit and stand out um, and start this powerlifting gym, which is is pretty uncommon for anyone in the Hispanic community. So I think it's um, it's interesting to kind of break the mold, go in different directions, follow passion and and show people that it doesn't have to be powerlifting. It could be anything just because it's not maybe culturally the norm that you can pursue something you love. So would you guys mind speaking on that for a couple of minutes and, and how much that has meant to you? Yes, for sure. So when we uh, first brought the idea to our parents that we were, what we were going to do, we definitely did not receive a lot of support. It was very, they were very resistant. And we understood that though. We understood that they were wondering like, how are you gonna make money? That's not stable. Cause for them, the biggest thing was like stability. Like that's not job security. Like, I don't know what you're getting yourself into, but you know, the fact that we, David and I, we had each other, we supported each other. That really helped us get through that phase when we first started. Um, after that, we, you know, we continued, we saw the growth and we just really believed in this gym and what it offers and the, vision that we have for our community as well and i don't know david did you want to touch also on that a little bit yeah like she mentioned i mean it was um you know my my parents are culturally they're very strong you know they stick to their ide ideologies and everything so for us it was uh, their their mindset was you know you gotta go to school go to college get a degree get a high paying job and call it a day you know and make sure you you know use that um, I myself, because I was the one that took that risk of, I, I did get my associate's in applied sciences, but I didn't continue because that's when I had to either start the business or just use that money to fund the school and get my bachelor. So it was a pretty tough choice. And like I said earlier, I mean, it was something that we had to take a leap of faith on. I talked to Maria, she supported me a lot. And I mean, it, it was a scary thing for me too, because it was the first thing, you know, I'm putting aside my, my higher education or possible you know all the income that i've i've pretty much all my savings into this so it was tough i didn't like she said we didn't receive a lot of support from my parents and i just i still went for it you know we still went for it and 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 just did it um but like she said we also did it because we want to also show the hispanic community hey you know you can do this you know you can 
also follow your dream. And if you're passionate about something, um, go after it. But I always tell people this though, don't expect to have the money right away immediately. Your ROI is not going to come back immediately. It's going to be in the long term. And as long as you are passionate about it and you like to hustle and are very, very, um, you know, you have to be very, you, you, you just can't expect to be having things quick. And that's one of the biggest things I tell people, you have, you have to have patience. And if you don't have patience, it's not going to work out. But, you know, like she said, we're doing it. Um, we definitely have to help this, help this Hispanic community get into the training, not just powerlifting, but you do strength training for general health, because even in our community, there's a lot of people that, you know, they don't even, they don't work out. They've never been introduced to this the type of training. So for us to show them that, you know, hey, you know, this is how you can do it. You can make it fun. It's a, it's a great way. Uh, and I don't know if you want to add anything else, Maria. Um, no, I think you pretty much covered it. All right. So again, kudos to you guys for realizing that, you know, above and beyond something that you love and felt like you could make into a business and grow and just generally have impact being an example to the community in different ways, right? To that they can, you can go outside the norm. It doesn't matter if it's in a business, if it's in a hobby, whatever it is that you love. Like if you can, if you have the work ethic, if you have the passion to go after something, like you might not have a lot of support in the beginning, but the support will grow as people see you put your heart and soul into it. Absolutely. And it's funny that you say that because uh, I don't know if you've seen those memes on Instagram or the posts that people put. Most of the people that really support you are strangers. And that's like true. Like that's legit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> family or friends may not support you immediately, but once they start seeing the success or you're after something or something's happening, that that's when they're like, oh yeah, you know, you know, I supported this guy. And it's funny. It's the true. It's the true, you know? So, um, but now our parents, you know, they see that, that our business worked out. It's, it's growing and you know they support us now and they're like okay you know you guys prove us wrong but you know we understand the culture the cultural differences that they have absolutely so as we kind of wrap up here we touched on it a little bit talked about maybe getting into a bigger facility someday um opening up to the public um and going full time in it um can you can you guys wrap us up with the picture of what the ideal scenario looks like for you. If we're five, 10 years down the line, are you including more things in your gym? Are you big enough that you have staff? Like what's, what's the dream incarnation of this business that you're working towards? The dream is to have a thousand square feet uh, warehouse gym facility. Uh, we're definitely going to have more stuff, not just for powerlifting. So our goal is to add, bodybuilding, powerlifting, just Olympic lifting, even strongman training, basically have one in all type of gym and also have, you know, host a couple classes here and there. Uh, but that's one of the dreams that we have. And we want to own that building. We don't want to rent it. We want to own it. So that's why we are looking into purchasing the land and just build it from the ground up so we can build it through how we want it and then bring that to the community and then that will also allow us to kind of set up our own pricing because at that point, if we own the land that we can kind of have leverage uh, versus if we keep renting here, you know, rents keep going up and up then we kind of have to keep up with the market rate and all that stuff. So it's going to help us out a lot too. And it, it could also help us make our gym a little more affordable, uh, especially to the Hispanic community because 
for them to pay, you know, the the price that we charge right now, it's like, oh, that's a lot of money. Uh, so then we'll be able to also kind of manage those leverages as well. Awesome. Maria, anything to add there? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to add also the educational part. That's something that's very important to me, to David as well. Uh, but I feel like I've taken more of that role, just really making sure that people know when they come to our gym, especially if they're new, um, knowing what they're getting themselves into and knowing that it's okay to try something new and that we are there for them. And I think um, we've, so far we've done a good job based on reviews that our members have left us and they've told us uh, personally as well that we do a good job in addressing any questions that they may have. So definitely later down the line, having like a, a system that works where there's a new member, maybe they wanna learn more about it, having maybe, I don't know, we're still thinking about like an educational class about it. Cause I know some of the equipment that we have is specialty equipment. It's not very common at a commercial gym. So it's not very known. So having that available to a newcomer um, is very important. So one, so that they learn. And then two, so that they don't, you know, break something accidentally because they didn't know how to use it. Yeah, that's actually, uh, if we have a facility of that size that will also allow us to host like powerlifting classes or strength training classes, where we can sh show the beginners how to use like the specialty bar, specialty equipment that we have at the gym. Uh, because like she said, we don't have, we're not your typical, you know, LA fitness, plant fitness or things like that. We have a lot of specialty bars and equipment that when you walk in there, you don't even know what that is. You know, it looks awkward, weird. So um, like she said, a lot of people don't know how to use that. And um, also not just to, so they learn how to use it, but so they can take care of the equipment, uh, especially for us, because we're a small business, you know, if somebody breaks something that everybody pays the price and it's not, it's not cheap to replace it. So, well, yeah, oh, also uh, we are definitely, eventually if we get to that size. We want to have at least a couple of employees to help us out manage the jam as well. It's definitely going to be needed. All right, guys. Well, we are just about out of time. Before I let you go, uh, where can people find out more about you, uh, about the gym? What's the website, social media, any any places they can look you up? They can go to omegastronggym.com. Uh, that's where we have all our social links from LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook, even our personal Instagrams. Uh, strong 94 for Instagram. Do you guys want to look me up for Maria? What's your Instagram, Maria? It's M-A-R-I, so Mary, and then it's dot strong seven at Instagram. Yeah, but if they go to the Omega Strong Gym Instagram page, they can find us there too as well. So that's where we're at. Awesome. Everybody listening, go out, check out David, check out Maria, check out Omega Strong. You guys, I really appreciate you being on today. Thanks for taking some time to share your story. I look forward to checking in on you in the future, and I, I wish you continued success. Thank you very much. And thank, thank you so you. much for having us. We had a lot of fun doing this. Thank you. You're very welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you want to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. 
But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show today is Mr. Lucas Jensen of Chop Shop Physiques, coming to you from Alberta, Canada. Lucas, what's going on, my man? How are you? Good, man. How are you, Joe? It's nice to meet you. I am doing incredibly well. I'm excited to have you here and and to pick your brain and, and get an inside sneak peek of Chop Shop as a business. Before we do that, and before strategy and tactics take over this sort of conversation, I want to hear a little bit of the tale of how we got here in the first place. I think context is incredibly important for people listening. And so first things first, what made you want to open this business? And when did this all come about? So it's kind of a a funny story. Um, To start, I'm, I'm turning 30 this year. I was 24 when I opened the first gym. Um, so when I was about 21, 22, I was already in the, the construction industry. I already worked out probably four or five days a week. Um, and I was working out at a 24 hour gym, uh, not 24 hour fitness, but another 24 hour gym, uh, here in, in Alberta. And I saw, I was extremely stressed out from a, a long day, uh, in a management position at uh, my construction job. And the lady that was running the front desk was just vacuuming the gym. I was like, I wish I could have a job where, you know, I just vacuum the gym all day and and work out. That sounds awesome. So then from there, I decided, you know, why not uh, just start a gym and then I can just hang out and work out twice a day and uh, and vacuum. Yeah. And uh, so here we are. Right. That was that was what went into this. And and so uh, a story and a, a opening tale, probably unlike many others, but happy as hell to do it. Lucas, for you, opening a gym, here we are with with Chop Shop. You've been a a business owner for a handful of years now. Talk to us about sort of your experience in general owning a business. What's been the best part of this and what's been the most challenging part of this? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the best part is uh, probably getting more involved with the community. I make so many connections through the gym. Uh, Like you look at our Google or Facebook reviews, people call me by name kind of thing. I have good relationships with everybody that goes to the gym. And uh, we've been able to help out the community in a number of ways. We do some fundraising stuff every summer where we'll do uh, support the SPCA one year. We've supported a family in the community that uh, was looking to build a new house for their daughter who couldn't access their current uh, home and worked with other businesses to try and raise money for those causes. And, uh, you know, it just feels great to be a, a part of the community and create this atmosphere that people feel connected to. Um, the hardest part of the business is probably just staying on top of all the financial requirements and expectations uh, tax wise and such. Right. I, I, as we've discussed before, we started here, Joe, I'm a, a pretty busy guy. I work a job on the side of owning the gyms. 
and that is a business in itself. Uh, so I have two businesses essentially that I have to keep on top of taxes. I do all my own bookkeeping and, uh, and income taxes and stuff like that. I have an accountant that files for me, but I track all that information right. and I do run all my own payroll and everything as well. So just staying on top of that side of things and making sure there's enough money in the account to, to get to the next month is certainly an important aspect of running a business, making sure, I mean, in its simplistic form, money in versus money out is the scoreboard of this. And, and hopefully we've got more coming in than going out, but that's the goal. Yeah. For you guys, uh, describe the service of this gyms in our industry and businesses in our industry in general can provide value in any number of ways. How do you describe what this business provides? Well, honestly, like uh, we're providing a 24 hour service for people in the community to be able to come to the gym. But over and above that, we try to keep our prices and our access point low enough so that people that don't have a huge income, aren't making a ton of money, can still access the facility without having to pay, you know, these exorbitant sign-up fees and, and cancellation fees if they need to stop. We just have a, a flat rate monthly, no sign-up fee, no cost for the key fob, and try and make the point of access as low as possible so that everybody has the, the access to this equipment and to be able to use it whenever they feel, whenever yeah, it works yeah. for them, really. Yeah, and, and so the the meat and potatoes of this is the open gym model, right? People paying a membership, coming and using the facility and doing their own thing. How do your numbers now compare to 24 months or so ago, pre-COVID? Honestly, uh, like if we're talking gross revenue, I'm probably still down about 30% uh, at my first location there. Uh, but that was honestly, when, when COVID started, that was the highest month uh, gross revenue that I had seen since I started my business. And then from there, it was, it was a rocky roll, roller coaster. That's for sure. Um, yeah. We're starting to recover. We probably gained uh, two to 3% increase every month over the past three, three to six months. So things are slowly ticking up at that first location. And we're seeing a lot of uh, interest in this second location already. So things are looking up, but it's still down, uh, you know, 25 to 30%, I'd sure. say. And so for context, for people listening, second location, not currently open yet, but soon to be, right? Yeah, very soon. We're about, uh, <laughs> I keep saying this week or next week. I think I've been saying that for the last four weeks. But Speaking into existence, it'll, <laughs> exactly. it'll come at some point. Everything is done. Okay. The, the equipment is in here. Everything's set up. I've personally tested everything because who doesn't love an empty gym to do their workouts in? I can imagine. <laughs> but uh, we're just waiting on the city to, to give us some final sign-offs. And that's another uh, struggle of, of owning a business, right? Is dealing with the ambiguity of when you're going to actually, you know, get those approvals from the city, from the yeah. community. We could spend an entire interview talking about codes and paperwork <laughs> approval and red tape across the board. We'll save that one for another time. As a quick sidebar for people who do own multiple locations or are looking to get into multiple locations, pre-sales, did we do it? Are we waiting till we open? How does that work? Uh, I definitely thought about it because I have the first location. I really didn't try to pre-sell in the way of like, here's a discount. If you buy it now, it's cheaper for you. I more so said, if you're interested in coming to the gym, 
buy a membership now, check out our Stony Plain location. It's only about 15 minutes away from the new location. All the same, similar equipment, similar setup. If you love it, continue on, come to the Spruce Grove location when it opens up. If you don't, you're free to cancel whenever. There's no uh, no fees, no commitment, right? Okay, and, and so haven't done it, but not necessarily the, the financial pressure of opening the first location, just gonna mm-hmm. open up and, and sort of accept memberships when we do have the go ahead, totally cool. I'm, I'm really lucky. I'm really lucky, actually. Uh, and like I mentioned, I have that second job and the income level uh, that I make from that is is quite high. And it is through the same corporation that I own the gyms through. Yep. So I can pump that money that I'm making from my other job tax free into this second location uh, to keep. It I see. OK, and- so important to to differentiate between people deriving their main income from a gym and this being not necessarily a hobby i think this is an investment for you at this point but honestly it's it's a little bit more freedom and it's looking towards my retirement right i want to build this to an income level where i can eventually put my other job to the side and and my main focus be expanding the the gyms but it's a kind of a safety net for me for lack yep. of a word. Uh, yeah. And, and some gym owners would describe this business, not so much as safety, but to each their own, I suppose. And so for you, we have probably some room to grow. You mentioned being down about 30% on location number one and definitely some room to grow with location number two. I think in this sort of industry, marketing becomes an interesting conversation because marketing for a $50 a month open gym member is probably a different experience altogether than marketing for a CrossFit member or, or boot camp or whatever comes with that. What has been successful for you in terms of driving traffic to get people in the doors? Honestly, uh, the two forms of advertising that have been most successful for me, social media paid ads on Facebook or Instagram or physical billboards on main highways digital billboards on main highways and main access routes within uh, my city and county kind of thing yeah talk to it let's let's talk about those sort of individually the the first one of those facebook and actually putting money into it is that something that you do is that something that you outsource Uh, kind of a combination when I first started the gyms like I took two years off from my job to start the gyms I was my only employee I was my advertising team I was my cleaner I was my equipment tech Uh, I was pretty much everything involved with the business so I did a lot of those Facebook ads I figured out what worked what didn't I found that humor and uh, and connecting real life to the gym instead of being this unobtainable uh, fitness influencer uh, definitely helped pull in the community and and help relate normal people to the gym because really that's who our main clientele is we're not trying to bring in big bodybuilders and i have a lot of those guys in the gym but the 85 to 90 percent of my clientele are just your average person that wants to get a relief from their everyday life and come work out for an hour right and and feel good about themselves so And they, they like to laugh. So I find that comedy and, uh, and relatable posts do the best. And then uh, once I see a good reaction from my uh, 
natural crowd or my uh i don't know how to the the word for it right now but the people that just follow me once i see a good reaction from them then i'll pay for some paid advertising and try and push those ads to the outside community that's a fantastic point for us and any sort of money spent in advertising is sort of a necessary evil cost of doing business if we could grow as far as we want to grow organically alone there's no reason to spend money that's great we've got free leads coming in everybody is happy unfortunately for most that's not quite the case and so for you it's almost a supplement to the organic growth right we have this natural crowd of people in our ecosystem but to get outside of that we've spent some money on paid ads and and to your point sort of taught yourself how to do it it sounds like i think a lot of gym owners in our industry are afraid to do it for whatever reason it can be complicated it can be scary and sending any kind of money out without a guaranteed roi can be intimidating for sure what what's what have you found besides the humor idea what is sort of the effectiveness of this if we're i guess to to measure this in in sort of an efficacy standpoint in a in an average month how many leads do we bring in from facebook versus from organic other methods well it is kind of hard to quantify like facebook has a lot of uh, analytics and everything like that and i but i don't really track it that closely i kind of go more from word of mouth like having conversations with people when they come in oh how'd you hear about us it's on the form when they sign up online how'd you hear about the gym and it's mostly just looking at those as they come in and saying like okay this one's on facebook and it's hard to tell which ones are from paid advertising and which ones are organic i one of the big things that we push inside the gym is kind of to share members to share their own stories tag us in your stories is posted all over our windows and mirrors we've got a a logo in our bathrooms behind the mirror that's actually backwards if you look at it, but it shows up correctly in the mirror. So every member that comes in takes a picture of themselves with the logo in the mirror, posts it to their Instagram. We get at least five or six people a day that tag us in their stories and say like, oh, I'm doing this today, leg day, I, I can barely stand or whatever they're saying, right? But it just really creates that community feeling like we're not pushing our gym on other people. Our members are sharing it with their friends, right? Yeah. And that's a that's a much more hard hitting tactic. Uh, and, it, and it's sort of the 2022 word of mouth, if you will. Yeah. Social media has become a natural extension of that and it's so easy to like a post, to share it, to comment, to tag, whatever it may be. And so you're, you're allowing your membership to do a lot of the work there and the, the grind for you. Let's take a step uh, in the, the next step, I suppose. Marketing is one thing. Leads are leads. Leads don't mean anything until they're signed up and paying members. What's a typical sales process like for you? How are we converting leads to paying clients you know it's honestly an area that we don't spend that much time and effort on and i think it's a big uh opening for us where we probably could work on conversions a lot more i think it's because we have that mindset of if people want to come once they know about the gym they're going to come the more times they see it the more uh, their friends are sharing it they're gonna think hey you know i should check this place out but i 
we don't focus on lead conversion that much. I don't track it. Um, I've set the website up in such a way uh, that as soon as you're on there, you can sign up for a membership, get access on with your cell phone and come to the facility within a 15 minute window of, of even finding the gym on Google. Right. Sure. So one strategy that we have is to just make that conversion process as simple as possible. Yeah. I do not want to sit down and, and talk to somebody for an hour and throw them a sales pitch and all this, this fluff that goes along in our industry with, with trying to sign people up for memberships. I want it to be easy. I want people to, if they want a membership and they just want to come to the gym and have their alone time and not have to talk to somebody about a sales pitch or personal training or trying to get upsold to be able to do that and have a, a method to get in and just do their thing without uh, too much bother. So yeah, that's, that's my strategy really is make it as easy as possible and easier it is, the more people are going to do it. Yeah. And, and so streamlined all the way through, do you find that you get phone calls, emails, people still wanting for that sort of traditional process? For sure. There are some people that are like, oh, I, I signed up for a membership. Like, what's the next step? And we have a, a welcome email that goes up. But some people just want that conversation, right? They want validation that they're doing the right thing. And, and that's fine. That's why we continue to have staffed hours. Uh, we're staffed in the mornings from 6 to 11. And we're staffed in the evenings from 5 till 9, which is kind of our peak times. So anybody that, that wants to come to the gym and talk to somebody, they're more than welcome to. Uh, it's just kind of split between those two two versions, making it as easy as possible and then having people have the comfort level that they're doing things correctly. Yeah, I think the the two-pronged approach there is probably the best. And, and I think there's still a lot of our marketplace that is not as technologically savvy as we would like them to be. And so that website process can be intimidating. So a lot of people- I, I mean, we still have plastic fobs too, like because we get senior citizens right. that don't know how to- how to get their the app on their phone kind of thing and get things rolling. So we'll have a plastic fob for them. We can program and show them around, show them how to use the equipment. We still try and have that personal feel and and uh, communication and availability for the clients, but also have that ease of sign up for the those that don't want to go through that process. Got it. Okay. And then one of the things that you mentioned along the way that I think is important for us to touch on, and especially within this sort of business model, is personal training and the, the cross-sell, upsell. Examples in, in our marketplace within this model, a lot of them do more revenue from PT than they do from EFT membership. Is that something that you guys are actively trying to grow? Is it sort of, it is what it is? What's that look like? You know, that's one of my focuses for the next year. Uh, I have all my personal trainers are subcontractors. So the value that I lose from not managing the PT in-house, like I, I don't take nearly as much of that gross revenue that they're charging their clients as right. you would in a traditional gym structure. Right. But I make that up by not paying out for advertising because these, these trainers all have their own businesses. They're all trying to grow their own businesses and they're pushing our gym at the same time they're pushing their services. Right. So, um, I find that where I might not be making as much gross revenue from PT as some other facilities, they're increasing my EFT revenue by, by pushing their own sure. businesses, right? Sure. And it's sort of, uh, we have an ambassador out on the streets now instead of 
just an employee we have probably who is a raving fan right yeah. for somebody getting a pretty good deal on training their clients who can make it a decent income because we're not collecting as much revenue there you find that you make up for it in sort of less tangible ways but still nonetheless uh yeah. a net positive in the end you know it's as close to having a partner uh within the business as yeah. you could get without actually selling a portion of the business right because yeah. they are they have their own business but their business is a part of mine right certainly okay and so lucas obviously i mean this whole conversation has been geared around growing a business in our industry right we've talked marketing we've talked sales we've talked ascension big picture me for a moment what's sort of the the longer vision goal with this business in your mind? I mean, it, it's definitely adapted over the years. When I first started uh, this, when I wrote my initial business plan, I was very optimistic on, I'm gonna have five locations in five years, one a year and push for expansion. COVID hit somewhere around the time I was planning to, to open my second location. So that got delayed by two years and here we are at year five and I'm just opening the second location, right? Long-term, uh, I'd still like to have those five corporately owned locations. And once I get to that point, I feel like uh, it would be a good time to start looking at franchising. Uh, I wanna go all the way with this thing. I want it to be a namesake across the, the province and across the country eventually. Uh, maybe even cross-border. I have uh, big dreams for it. I'm partnering with some membership uh, management uh, databases okay. and uh, and trying to, like I know some local guys who developed my website, who developed my membership database and my payment processing. And we're looking at offering a full package franchising deal in the future once we have these corporate locations off, uh, off the ground, right? That's a, a fascinating route to go and certainly one that huge upside, but huge risk as well, right? There's so much legal investment that goes into it. So it'll be interesting to see what that looks like for you here down the road. And, and we could certainly explore that route for hours and hours and hours, I'm sure. But as we start to run shy on time here, um, I want to give you the chance to talk a little bit about where people can find out more about this. Is there a website? Is there social media? Where can people go? Yeah, it, it's pretty straightforward. Our website is uh, www.chopshopphysiques.ca. Our Instagram is at chopshopphysiques and our Facebook is at chopshopphysiques. We tried to keep it simple all as simple as possible. <laughs> Love it. Lucas, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate your time, your insight. I think it's always a helpful conversation to, to see what other business owners are doing and, and how their mind works when it comes to growing a business like this. I can't thank you enough. I'm excited to see what the future holds. We'll have to get you back on to talk about how the business looks down the road and uh, we wish you nothing but the best in that pursuit. Awesome. Yeah, it was nice to meet you, Joe. I appreciate uh, being able to come on the show. I, I love what you guys are doing here. I think that it's great for gym owners to have a place to go that's specific to them and learn some industry specific insights and see what other people are doing. So thank you very much for uh, providing this service to the community of gym owners. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're trying to join us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. 
our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the GYMLORDS podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show are Lucas and Caleb of Nuego Fitness Club comes to you from Nuego, Michigan. Gentlemen, how are you today? What's going on? Doing awesome, doing awesome. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you excited for having Excited to have you here. I'm definitely excited to dig into the business side of this and, and hear all the things. It sounds like there are a number of moving parts business, but before we get into all of that and, and strategy and tactics and whatnot, I want to pick your brain a little bit context of how we here in the first place so take us back in time tell us about when the idea in your head sparked i would love to be a gym owner how did it all come to be so for me it started when i was in the air force um i started training people to get them prepared for their pt tests and i just fell in love with it and uh I decided before I, I got out that I really wanted to own my own gym and make this a career. So uh, I got out, went to business school, was going to become an accountant until I could, uh, you know, save up enough money to open my own gym. And at the time I was working at another gym that's about 40 minutes south of, of us right now. And that's when I met Caleb and um, we kind of opened that gym and uh and helped uh pre-sale it and did a lot of stuff to help build that build the clientele there and uh at the same time i was going to school and uh, this opportunity came up there was a guy that came down to sign up at that gym and let us know that there was this gym that was uh gonna go up for sale here soon and uh we we wanted to jump on it so we came up and uh loved the area and love the community and um we uh pretty much the guy uh we got a great deal on the gym um he he just he just rented out the building to us and just let us have the equipment essentially um so we just uh took it from there there they had about 50 members at the time and um started to apply a lot of the sales techniques that we were learning down at that uh other gym and uh yeah just building the culture and and um 
yeah, we just we just yeah, got Joe, it going. Joe, the coolest thing was when we were back in, in Sparta at that other gym that where we met we had Matt and stuff that um you know, Lucas was more on the membership side. I was more on the personal training side. And, you know, within a couple months, he, you know, he's got memberships. I'm, I'm working the personal training and we're really running a business here. You know, we're, we're you know, we're, we are. With membership. <laughs> he didn't fell into it, but here we yeah, are. What, you know, what's going on? These, these, these people in this little town Sparta are coming to see us. Yes, to come to the gym, but it was, it was just creating that atmosphere there. And, and there were some discrepancies with the owners, um, not really individuals uh, we choose to do business with and stuff. So when Lucas, when that guy came in and Lucas saw that there was an opening to buy a gym, it was a no brainer. Yeah, you know? we really saw that a lot of the stuff yeah. that they were pounding is sales, 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 sales only. And we didn't really agree with that, uh, you know, that way of doing business because a lot of a lot of uh, dark stuff comes out of that. Um, people that, I mean, we were competing with, I think there was five other sales people down at that gym. And uh, we, we were just competing for commission. And it, you know, if we weren't doing our, getting our numbers and stuff like that, then um, it, it just wasn't good in a sense that we didn't have time to build the culture because it was all on sales. It was past the person down the person that just signed up down to a, a PT, a personal trainer. And that person, it, it could, it could have been anybody. I mean, uh, off the street that was training these people that were getting paid very small amounts of money to train these people. So a lot of them, they would just put them on pieces of equipment and just watch them. They didn't really have a foundation. They didn't uh, talk about, uh, uh, there wasn't really a system in place to, to help these right. clients move from, one spot to another without you know getting injured we, we had a lot of injuries down there um so we, we found out how to run a business in their marketing sense and then apply that to our business where we build the culture the culture always comes first here the culture in the community um we're we're very keen on um you know just getting the community involved and uh being out in the community and and doing a lot of events outside of just fitness and um stuff like that to help yeah to help, uh, i think it's i think it's important like gym owners the the ones that go exclusively focused on profits typically don't last the ones that go exclusively focused on passion side of it don't last it's somewhere in the really provides the best of both worlds yes do we need to have our eye on how much money in and going out of course this is it for charity but do we need to remember that these are human beings and they're coming to us for definite and so some semblance of both of those sides of the equation need to be present for you guys now with this gym what's about what's available through your doors what what can i sign up for so we have our 24-7 access that would give you access to all the equipment. We also have classes. So if you want to do yoga or boot camp, or um, we have low impact classes for our senior citizens. We offer uh, the, we, we, we uh, contribute to the Silver Sneakers program. So a, a lot of these people in the area that can't necessarily afford it, but have insurance, they actually pay for their memberships to come in. We have sauna, we have uh, jujitsu, we, uh, 
Um, we have a guy, his name's Kevin DeVries. He's the number one purple belt in his weight class. He comes up from Grand Rapids and teaches classes every day of the week for jujitsu. Um, and we also have tanning. That's a, that's a side thing that we do. Um, anything the basketball else? court outside is what we've, you know, we, we put it up, uh, it was about a year, year and a half ago. And it's, it's really been taken off too. You know, people can get out. There's not another really place to play. You know, it's hard to get into gyms. So simple, well, let's put one up, you know? And so, you know, eventually we're going to have, you know, the camps there and get the kids there and just get people, you know, just activities, you know, that's what it's about. Okay. And so from a business, what's included? in the basic membership and what do people have to pay extra for so with our basic membership which is three days access to the gym per week that one is twenty dollars per month and uh, they would just get access to all the equipment for three days a week and then we also have our 24 7 access package that actually comes with the classes that one is forty dollars a month and then if you want to if you want to add the sauna onto any of those memberships it's ten dollars per month so, um, yeah, yeah. So, and then, uh, you'll have access to okay, so a, a couple of different tiers as far as membership, right? People can really subscribe to what it is that they're actually looking for and pay according to that. And what personal training, personal training is, is an additional charge as well, correct? Yes. Personal training is additional as well. Another thing we do is if somebody can't afford it, then we'll sit down. We just like to have conversations with people and really see what they can't afford. And it's almost like an a la carte type of uh, membership that you can, you can add and take stuff off. We'll take $5 off here, $10 off there, you know, just to, we just want to get people into the gym and actually in front of Caleb, we want, we want, he has so much energy and he, he's so good at motivating people. And we just want to get them in front of him and, uh, you know, get them just motivated to come in because we, we, we have always uh, talked about the idea of the hardest part of the gym is walking through those doors. So many people are intimidated mm -hmm. by the gym. You know, they think it's just a bunch of dudes in there that are pumping iron and like, you know, there's the judgment uh, aspect of it. Like, oh, what if I can't do this? Or what if I can't do that? And we, we, we really like to have that conversation when they first come in, like, hey, we're going to get to know you by name. We're going we're gonna to greet you every time you come in the door. We're going to help you. You don't have to pay for personal training. You can come in and ask us, hey, am I doing this right? But we would like to get people on a personal training program, obviously, so we can build that foundation because, as you know, a lot of stuff goes into these exercises. It's not just pick the weight up and put it back down. You know, There's a lot of intricacies in the body that uh, really play a role in that. So we, we really like to build that foundation with, with our new members. When I, when I get that sure. opportunity to speak with them on that one-on-one, -on -one, right then and there, the, the discernment of why you're here, what you're focused on, and with the experience that we have, sometimes I'll talk to Lucas about it, you know, as to, you know, the best route, you know, for them, you know, and how it's going to be um, showed to them what we think that they need to do, you know, and that it's not about money, et cetera, and to really you know, to excite them about a gym and to show into that, for that encouragement, it's, that's what it's all about. It's getting them in here and changing the way that they're looking at themselves. And if that can happen within a couple few weeks, it looks like in my eyes, we got them, you know, and that's a good thing, you know? Yeah. 
for you guys, how have you found success in getting people in the doors in the first place? What is the marketing that we can have any of these conversations about whether it's personal training, sauna, all of these different amenities, we need to get them into the facility. How have you guys been able to do that? So the number one thing that we always talk about is the, the fact that each and every person that comes in here is our best promoter. So when we create this atmosphere and get the people excited about it, they're able to bring that outside of the gym and they're excited to talk to people about it. So that's our number one thing. Um, second is a lot of Facebook uh, engagement. Um, we're doing videos, we're doing funny videos. Uh, we're doing just trying to get people excited about um, the, the gym and just show them what we offer through our videos and through our different posts. We, we really take that and uh, run with it. Uh, the last thing would be our events. Um, it, putting on events for the community. We, we try to donate around, I think the la last year, we, we did about $15,000 to different organizations. So we really put on these events for the community and for, for people. Like we just had a powerlifting event for one of the members that was training for the powerlifting event. He actually came down with uh, bone cancer unfortunately. And we switched, we, 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 we donated all the funds uh, that we got from that event to him. So with, with that, that just, that just comes with uh, people noticing it and, 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 you know, really, really uh, not minding coming in and paying for a membership because they know that the money that they're paying for this membership, it is going to good use. We're gonna we're going to continue to improve our gym. Like all of our money pretty much comes right back into the gym. I mean, we just we we live modest lives and just uh, you know, we just like to we love to be in the gym. I mean, we we come in every day and yeah. um yeah, so it's it's really just building the culture and then really just trying to uh capture that picture and get it out onto the internet. Hey Joe. 70% right around 70. Can, can you guys grow beyond where you are now? <laughs> yeah, actually, um, we are, we just bought the building that's right next to us. And that gives us about 4,000 more square mm. feet because our, when we started our jujitsu program, it just exploded. And, uh, we actually don't do any marketing for it right now because we can't grow it anymore. We can't fit anybody else in that room with as many classes as we, as we have. So we're gonna move that over to the other side and we're gonna knock down a couple walls and, and expand our gym floor and get some more equipment in here because yeah, it's it's pretty, I mean, around four, four to seven o'clock, we kind of tell people, hey, that's a really busy time. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, we have to expand the parking lot. The biggest problem we've always had is the parking lot. And with this acquiring this building, we're gonna get, seven more acres so that'll bring us to 10 acres all around us and um yeah that's all that's all we're thinking about is just growth we just want to grow this this sure. this place to the number one uh health and wellness uh you know facility in Nuego county so that's that's our goal yeah where do you think you have the biggest opportunity for growth at least from a new perspective is it your membership volume is it personal training department is it something else that we haven't even talked about 
Um, I would say all the above right now. We're, we're always just looking to expand and find out, you know, new ideas uh, to, to just build this. Like every sort of, every corner of health and wellness we want to touch. Um, so not anything specific. I mean, our jujitsu, obviously, we want to continue to grow that because we're tripling the size of the room. Um, so that, and then also uh, children getting more kids, kids camps. That's a big one that we've been talking about doing once we get uh, this other side built out and utilizing our outdoor, we have that full court basketball court. So we, we're going to, we're going to really hammer um, a lot of the kids camps and uh, stuff like that. So, yeah. Is there anything I missed? On that? No. <laughs> in growth in a 360 degree perspective, we're trying to go in, in any number of directions. And for you guys looking into the future, how big do you think you can take this? Just mentioned that we just bought is the the future focused here? Are we going multiple locations? What's the bigger, grander scheme I So the number one thing right now is the growth in this area that we have right now. We want to build the best gym that we can possibly build. That will probably be home base. Yeah, a home base is what we call it. Um, so that will be about five years um, until I think that we can have it to where we, we can actually move on to another area and, and spread the, our knowledge and um, our expertise somewhere else um but yeah maybe maybe one or two more gyms on top of this one would be would be nice um but it's all it's all a slow process because we you know we started this gym with 50 members and uh, we just want to build it organically we uh and obviously the financials play a huge role in that as well and we don't want to over leverage ourselves and um, we, we really, we, we look That's for, a good point. We, we, we look for different, uh, like when we're looking for equipment, especially during this, um, after the pandemic, kind of, we were able to get onto auction sites. A lot of, a lot of gyms, unfortunately, um, you know, had to close their doors and we were lucky enough or blessed enough to, you know, have a community behind us. We, when we had to shut our doors for that six months. 60% of our members said, no, keep our membership going. So we were able to, um, you know, build our bank account and then, you know, be able to apply that to our growth, you know, because everyone, we're very, I mean, we have our mission statement. We post it all the time. Um, everyone knows what we're trying to do here. Um, the community knows. And uh, I think they're, I mean, they've showed, they showed during the pandemic that they're hundred percent behind us. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good, that's sort of not really meant a really good indicator of success and integrity within a business. We are straight to the point. There's no few what we're here to do. We're trying to help as many people as much as we can in the health and fitness space. And yes, I think that's really, really necessary service now more than ever so for you guys to do live that than, than just say it it really really shows and i'll be excited to see what comes of that 
probably a, a good place to start up before we sign out of here and, and close out entirely. I want to give you the chance to tell people where they can find out New Ego and you guys are about. Is there a website for the gym? Is there social media? Where can people go? Yep. Uh, we have a website, nuegofitnessclub.com. We also have, uh, we're very active on Facebook, like I said, um, Instagram, Nuego Fitness. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, just uh, check us out on uh, our website and Facebook page. Follow us on Facebook. We we like to keep it light, but you know, we, we do, we do get a lot of stuff done and, uh, um, yeah, it's just a, it's just an awesome, awesome time to be a gym owner. That's for sure. Uh, with, yeah. with the access to information that we have, I mean, a lot of the stuff that, I mean, just building this gym out, we didn't even know how to stud a wall before it. So we were, you know, looking up YouTube videos and, um, just yeah. trying to build it out that way, information so. out there. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, guys, this has been a bunch of fun and, and I really appreciate your openness and, and the insight into Nuego and see the fitness. So we'll have to check in with you down the line and see where this whole thing goes. It sounds like this could be different looking business in years as things grow. So I appreciate your time and, and I wish you nothing but the best moving forwards. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks a lot, Joe. And you guys keep doing doing what you guys are doing at Gym Lords, man. That's awesome. I, I really appreciate that. And, you know, you've helped me and, uh, you know, just listening to the podcast. You have so much great information on there and so much diversity and everything like that. It's just, it's just incredible. So keep doing what you're doing. Absolutely. Because what they don't tell you is that, you know, it's health and fitness with everything going on right now. You know, everybody... Uh, you know, so keep on those vitamins and keep healthy. <laughs> I appreciate that, guys. And, and to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget if you want to be notified about episodes, hit like and subscribe. And joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.